Hey everybody, this is Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church Adelaide and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast you can have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our preaching team. Uh, I'm really excited for, uh, for what our interns are going to bring tonight. And it's a really simple set of messages based on, on a really famous and beautiful passage that uh, in a letter that Paul wrote to a church in Corinth. And the, that church had a lot of issues. And in the, at, towards the end of his letter, Paul sort of sums it up by getting past most of those issues and going, look, if you really want to serve one another, love one another. And he goes on to say this. He says... Uh, when I became an adult, I put aside childish things. But now we see only a reflection as in a mirror, but then face to face. Now I know in part, but then I will know fully as I am fully known. Now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. And these three traits really define how we understand and express our faith as followers of Jesus. Uh, so tonight, our interns are going to be bringing messages on faith, hope and love uh, and I'd love to welcome Sarah up to preach to us about faith tonight. Why don't you make her welcome? Thanks Mike. <laughs> okay so my name is Sarah and like Mike said I'm one of the interns and oh my goodness being an intern has been one of the greatest things that has happened to me. Um, gosh I promised myself I wasn't going to cry. <laughs> uh, yeah so Let's just get into it, right? <laughs> faith. What is faith? Am I qualified or do I have the right to dictate what faith, what your faith should look like? No, not really. I stand before you a sinner, someone who is broken, someone who turned away from God whose faith was shaken to its core. Faith is something that I have been wrestling with day in and day out for years now. My childlike faith is no longer something so easy to tap into. But I can, however, grab out this life-giving, oozing with love book that has everything the encouragement, all the tools we need to step out into the future that God has promised us all. It's the Bible, for those of you wondering. <laughs> Writing the sermon was definitely something out of my control, having to use faith to settle all the feelings of unworthiness, the brokenness, and to silence those thoughts of doubt. Having to wholeheartedly believe that we are made whole through Christ, that we are made for a purpose and that we have given, we've been given giftings to use to bring glory to him. Fully believing that God, when God said, let there be light, there was light. All this isn't easy. In fact, as followers of Christ, we know that there is going to be hardship and for those of you who haven't said yes yet, being candid with you for a second, 
accepting Jesus into your life doesn't mean that you'll be magically rid of hurt and pain, but you will, within him, find true hope and great love, but we'll delve into the, <laughs> to those ones just later on. Every day we all strive to have, to have unshakable faith, a faith full and strong enough to honour God, to have greater intimacy with him, the greatest reward. In my research of faith within the Bible, I couldn't go past Hebrews 11 and 12. It speaks about the great heroes and heroines of old, their journeys through faith and how faith brought them through the utter darkness. Hebrews 11.1, 1, it says, Now faith is confidence in what we hope for, assurance about what we do not see. This is what the ancients were commended for. By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made of what was visible. One of our foundations for our faith is knowing what God created and what Jesus did for us on that cross. Reading on in Hebrews 11, we see real-life examples of people who have experienced major hardship, all of them having one thing in common. By way of faith, they persevered. By faith, Abel. By faith, Enoch, Noah, Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, all by faith stepped out, stepped out of darkness, anxiety, sin, pain, situations I'm sure they all wanted to do is just give up. Hebrews speaks about how some faced jeers and flogging and even chains of imprisonment. They were put to death by stoning. They were sawed in two. They were killed by the sword. Some went about in sheep's skin and goat's skins, destitute, persecuted, and mistreated. But these beautiful men and women of faith held on for dear life. They held on to the word of God, his promise. I don't speak about their struggle to burden you or to sadden, to bring you sadness. I tell you about these trials to encourage you to find joy within their story. I feel that God has put these passages in my heart to remind you that others have gone before, that Jesus has well and truly gone before you. And he knows, he knows the pain in your heart. But that's what makes the relationship with God so worthwhile. Through the pain, you choose to continue to follow him. God is a relation, relational God, and he wants you more than anything, anything you could ever want in this world. I was reading a devotion this week. It's funny how God does this, right? <laughs> I was reading a devotion this week, and I felt God relating it to my life. Um, it was actually regarding my um, cycling, which... I had to have a laugh about. Um, I felt God reminding me of a time last summer where I had a massive week on the bike. I fobbed it off. I didn't really prepare myself for the week. 
I didn't really think I needed it. I jumped on the bike and went through the week, each day becoming more difficult than the last. By the time the weekend came around, I was bedridden, um, I was dehydrated um, and worn out. I had to take a couple of days off of work, which I really, really disliked doing. <laughs> after reminding myself, after reminding me of that moment, God then spoke to my heart and said that, like he questioned me and he said, is that how you want your faith to be? Is that what you want, taking everything in your own strength, not preparing yourself for the road ahead? At the end of my devotion, this was written. How do we prepare? First, we hydrate ourselves on the living water of God's word. We feast on the bread of life through worship and we rest, we rest in the shelter of the Most High. Continuing reading the word, using the talents and giftings God has given you to bring him glory, give God's love to everyone around you and pray. Talk to him, tell him what's on your heart. I felt God say to me, that's how you will get through the darkness. That is how the heroes and heroines of the past did it. This is how people who are strong in their faith are doing it. And this is how you are going to do it. I felt him say, just fix your eyes on me. Hebrews 12 verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such, by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders, hinders and the sin that so easily entangles and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Fixing your, our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of faith, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinners so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. That's such a beautiful verse. Our faith grows and thrives when we decide to put the hard work in, preparing ourselves for the long journey ahead. Faith is made perfect when we fix our eyes on Jesus. God is already there with his arms wide open, waiting in anticipation for you to make the second move. He made the first move all those years ago. <clears throat> He's transforming my life and he'll transform yours too. Just fix your eyes on him and step out in faith. Amen. Thanks, Sarah. Amazing. Amazing work. Belief in what we hope for. Confidence in what we cannot see. It's such a great word for us to step out in faith. And, uh, and now let's learn about hope. Won't you welcome Jacob and he's going to bring a message of hope. Come on. Hi, guys. How you doing? Yeah. Uh, so I'm Jacob. Uh, I'm bringing a message of hope. Uh, um, 
So, uh, yeah, I'm just... <laughs> Uh, I'm going to go straight into it, pretty much. So, um, a couple of years ago, I dropped out of high school um, due to a pretty severe uh, illness that I had to have surgery for, um, uh, multiple surgeries for. There was about a 50-50 chance of each surgery succeeding. And, uh, yeah, it, basically, I had four surgeries and uh, there was a six-month waiting period between each surgery. Um, and during that whole time, all I wanted to do was be better. All I wanted to do was to uh, do what my friends are doing, um, do what my family's doing. I wanted to go out and live life as an adult, uh, as a person, basically. But through all of that, uh, and in my suffering, I thought, God, where are you? What's, what's happening? Why is my life like this? Why is this happening to me? And uh, I'm sure for any of you guys that are suffering through stuff, you're probably asking the same kind of questions. Um, when eventually I decided that um, God wasn't giving me the answers that I wanted, I thought I'll put him over here, uh, keep him for my family, keep him for my Christian friends, and I'm going to trust in my doctors, I'm going to trust in my nurses, and I'm going to trust in the future that I have planned for me, which at that time was being a chef, which uh, super didn't work out. Um, unfortunately, the next year and a half was rough, um, but I will get to that later. For now, I'm going to get into the Word, uh, and we're speaking on, today I'm speaking on, uh, Romans 5, verses 3 to 5. You can put that up, Keith. Uh, not only that, but we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope. And hope does not put us to shame, because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. Sarah spoke um, an awesome message on faith, and uh, right towards the end she um, talked about um, enduring th with faith through suffering. And um, this is exactly, it, it, it's correct, it, our suffering tests our faith. Um, Paul in his letter to the Romans says, we rejoice in our sufferings knowing that suffering produces endurance. Our faith and trust, not just in God, but in everything, is tested. Uh, my faith in my doctors was tested. My faith in my nurses was tested. Uh, my faith in God was tested. Um, and ultimately, uh, I decided that I would endure in my own strength and that I would grit my teeth, I would bear it, and I'd push through, hoping for the future that I had for myself. But the endurance Paul talks about isn't that kind of endurance. The endurance Paul talks about is the kind of endurance that strips back everything you trust in, everything you hope in, and points you directly towards God. It's not the kind of endurance I had, and I trusted I'd eventually get through my suffering, but not that God would bring me through it. Paul talks about a patient endurance set in the hope of Jesus. And this kind of patient endurance produces character, once we endure, we have a tested faith or a proven character. We've trusted God. He's taken us through our pain. He's taken us through our suffering. He's taken us through all the hurt and all the loneliness and all the stuff that we, we really just struggle with. Our experience in suffering and faithful endurance has proven to be true and genuine. It's true, proven our faith to be true and genuine and that we can trust him when we come back to suffering. 
And that proven character, the genuine and true trust, brings us hope. Hope in the name of Jesus, hope in his sacrifice, hope in what he did on the cross, hope in his promises, hope in the grace and the love he has poured out for us. We know by experience the hope that has been set before us in the name of Jesus. This is exactly why this hope doesn't put us to shame. We're not disappointed because this hope has already been fulfilled. It's not a wishy-washy hope that we go, oh, oh, I really hope that this works out in the end, but I don't really know. It's a hope we know has been fulfilled because it says it in the Word. When Jesus died on the cross, our hope for salvation was fulfilled as we're no longer separated from God by our sin. He conquered death for us. And by his resurrection... Where our hope for a glorious future with God is guaranteed and is promised to be raised with Jesus Christ. It took me about a year and a half to realize that my hope was set in what I could see rather than the hope that I couldn't see. Romans 8, 24 to 25 says, For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes it for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. My sufferings didn't produce any character change because my hope was set on the wrong thing. My eyes were so fixed on getting past the moments of today, trudging through the muck and grime of my suffering and of my pain by myself and in my own strength, uh, that I didn't set my eyes on the hope I have in Christ and the plan that he has for me. Mid-last year, I changed what I set my hope on, and God's done so much since then. I've... um, I'm no longer depressed or anxious. Um, Thanks, Mum. I've grown heaps in my character and faith, and I'm so much more joyful than I am. I wouldn't be able to stand up here today and tell you that the hope that you can have in Jesus is the truest, most genuine, life-saving, life-changing, life-transforming hope that you can have, because I've experienced that hope in my life. So I want to encourage you, if you're suffering and you're trying to endure through it, trying to endure in your own strength, if you're feeling unfulfilled, if you're feeling alone, check where your hope is set. Check where your hope is set. That's amazing. How fired up does that get you? We experience hope. That's incredible. Thank you so much for bringing us that word. I know that's a message. There are people in this room that needed to hear that. You needed to know, where is my hope set? Incredible message. And it's one, and, and, you, and you're hearing from what's been brought already, how much of yourself is poured out into a sermon and into a message. And, and the interns are doing an amazing job of that. And so we would love to welcome up Jemima to come and bring us our final message for tonight. Well, thank you, Mike. Um, It's such a huge honour and privilege to be speaking tonight. Um, For those of you who don't know me, I'm quite a shy person and public speaking is really not my cup of tea. So join internship if you want to be completely thrown out of your comfort zone. Um, Now, I don't come from a family that is outrageously loud or outgoing. Um, My brother Jeremy is one of the most extroverted people you will ever meet, Um, whereas I'm someone that doesn't really talk that much. And I'm also really tiny. I'm only five foot. So (laughs) that means on occasion when I do talk, a lot of the time people can't see me. 
Thanks, Mike. <laughs> the story of my childhood was my mum having a panic attack every five minutes because she had lost me in a shopping centre. Um, <laughs> she would turn to Jeremy in a panic when she couldn't see me and she would go, where's Jemima? We've lost her. Little did she know I was by her side the entire time, tucking on her leg, going, mum, I'm right here. <laughs> Just look down. <laughs> Thank goodness times have changed. But in all honesty, um, I never thought I would be preaching a message. Um, but I'm so incredibly grateful for the opportunity. And I'm excited for what God's going to say. So I'm just going to quickly pray um, and invite God's presence as we open our hearts, ready to receive. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we pray that you will use your word to speak to us tonight. We pray that through your spirit, you will inspire us, challenge us, and grow us closer to you. Lord, we lay aside our burdens and our weekly challenges, and we open up our hearts ready to receive. So would you speak, Father? In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Oh, thank you. You'll, you'll find out about this later. <laughs> um, now, I, today I'm going to be speaking about love. Um, and when I think of love, what immediately comes to mind is the different ways in which we can show it. Um, now, I'm personally a big fan of finding out what someone's love language is. And for those of you who don't know what that is, there are supposedly five different ways that we all express love. There's physical touch, quality time, receiving gifts, words of affirmation, and acts of service. And we show love according to one or multiple of these ways. But what I didn't know, and I actually had to do a little bit of research on, is that there are four different kinds of love expressed throughout the scriptures. Now, one of them, and I'm going to be practicing my Greek here, so please bear with me. One of them is called eros love. Um, now, I'm not married, so this particular kind of love I can't really expand on because it should happen in the context of marriage. If you're not catching on, I'm going to have to point you in the direction of our pastors. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. <laughs> but if you can't talk about it in church, where else are you going to talk about it? Am I right? <laughs> Next, we have storge love or affectionate love. Um, and this is the kind of love that we receive from our families. It's the bond that naturally develops between parents and children and siblings most of the time. <laughs> I think I was about seven um, and I actually did get lost in a shopping centre, not because I had lost sight of my mum, but because my dad had placed me in the care of my two older brothers. And um, they decided that it would be fun to run away from me for a little bit. Um, yeah, moving on. Um, <laughs> Next there is filial love, um, which is the kind of love that we have for a friend. And finally, and most importantly, we have agape love. And it's described in the scriptures as the greatest of the four kinds of love, because it's the love that God has for you and for me. A love that is perfect, unconditional, sacrificial, and pure. In 1 John 3.16, it says, By this we know and have come to understand the depth and essence of his precious love, that he willingly laid down his life for us because he loved us. Now, in this scripture, the disciple John, who's described as a disciple whom Jesus loved, 
is saying, this is how we know what true agape love is. Christ chose to love us by laying down his own life. And in this, we are given a perfect view of what true love is. As Jesus showed his love for you and for me, by stretching out his arms on that cross and dying for our sake, in that moment, all of the sin of the world was poured out on the one who was perfect and blameless. The one who knew no sin became sin. Jesus himself became sin. And because of that, the father had to turn his back on his beloved son. Because God is just and God is pure. And as Jesus took on sin, God could no longer look at his son whom he loved. Jesus was poured out. His life was poured out for you and for me. And this is what great love is. God didn't love us for anything that we could do for him because there was nothing that we could offer that would ever measure up. Instead, he chose to love us while we were still sinners by extending us his grace and his mercy. If God choosing to love us is the standard, then this should change everything about the way in which we love others. The second part of 1 John 3.16 goes on to say that we should be willing to lay down our lives for one another, meaning that God's love is a two-way street. We are commanded to love each other in the same way that Christ loves us. But God's love is also an inside job. We have to receive it for ourselves before we can show his love to others. Jesus says, the greatest commandment is to love God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. But then he goes on to say, a second is equally as important. Love your neighbor as yourself. Meaning that Jesus is saying there is a prerequisite to loving your neighbor. And that is to take from the extension of God's love for us and the love we have for ourselves so that we can pour out God's love Onto others. In Romans 5, verse 5, it says, God's love has been poured out into our hearts through his Holy Spirit. So if you haven't already, receive it. Because God wants to fill you with his love. In him we are made complete, and he is waiting to fill us up over and over and over again. So run to the presence of God because he's chasing you down. Jesus says, come to me all who are thirsty and streams of living water will brim and spill out of the depths of anyone who believes. We can't fully comprehend his love, but his love fully comprehends us. Before we finish, I just wanna try something here. I have this glass jar with orange ping pong balls thank you <laughs> and this represents your vessel this represents your inner self and I want to visually show you what happens from the inside when you allow more of God in your life and you start to let him fill you with his love now at first 
it might not seem like anything is happening. It might feel like you're that kid tugging on their parents' leg going, hey, I'm down here, notice me. But in our relationship with Jesus, it's not about the destination, it's about the journey. And that's where spiritual discipline comes into play. So continue to let God fill you. Open up His Word. Speak to Him in prayer and just continue to let Him pour out into your life over and over and over again. And eventually you will experience this overflow of God's love throughout your life. A love that is abundant, a love that is flawless and a love that overruns everything. God says you are loved beyond measure. You are loved with a perfect love. You are seen, you are adored, you are cherished and you are treasured. God has his eye on you. His face is full of love when he sees you and he calls you his beloved child. And he's calling you home. Thanks so much for listening. We'd love to hear from you. For more information and resources, please check out our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your podcast provider. Have an amazing day. God bless.